This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined today by Justin Davis, Scoop. Brian Altano, Bra- Colin Moriarty. Yeah. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about Far Cry 4. We're going to talk about Wolfenstein. But first, Wolfenstein. yesterday was the year anniversary of the announcement of the Xbox One. Do you remember where you were? <laughs> At my desk. <laughs> yep, yes. right out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Microsoft's big reveal event. Was a year ago yesterday. This was our this was our generation's moon landing. It was our JFK. <laughs> Actually, looking back, it's more like our generation's Apollo thirteen. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 We went. They went. They never actually landed on the moon, <laughs> and they came right back. So this is going to be. This is a disaster. <laughs> no, this is going to be our finest hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot has happened for the Xbox One in the past year. Yeah. I wanted to sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. remember <laughs> yeah. all those things. Should we uh, reminisce? That have happened. Uh, remember what a debacle was that day. First of all, that was the first time we heard it was called the Xbox One. Yeah. We had thought it was going to be called Xbox Infinity. Yeah, like mm-hmm. pretty much positive. That was yeah. Gonna be yeah, that was all the, like, the, the rumors we had heard from developers from behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, I mean, they throw out code words for, for different things. Yeah, it's a much better name than Xbox One. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. They announced it was Xbox One, and then they had this hour, what, hour and a half yeah. long presentation that basically ignore, ignored video games. They and did focused almost on, everything wrong. They focused on entertainment day. and social yeah. features. Yeah. And then it was bad. At the very end, they tacked on something about Call of Duty, and they focused on the dog the and do- oh, man. the fish get out of your way while you're swimming. And yeah, it was we, just, were, we were all, like, scratching our heads and laughing that day. Because yeah. we, we came in, like, ready to cover this major event of, of the video game industry moving forward and progressing. And what we got was uh, you can channel surf with yeah. your mouth mm-hmm. and th- <laughs> here's a shooting game with a dog in single player. Most of you will never see this. Mm-hmm. So in Microsoft's defense, their sure. uh, DVR stuff is actually super slick. You mm-hmm. know, using Kinect to navigate between TV channels is super slick. Like all that's awesome and they want this to be a media device for the living room. That's always been Microsoft's desire. I get that. But that's absolutely the wrong way to go out. Like, the, your first drop of, like, all right, this is our new console. Yeah. This is our vision for it. Especially, like, like the people that are going to tune in for yeah. that event are, yeah. are the gamers. Exactly. It's not your, you know, mass market. It's a big mistake consumer. to lead with that. Yeah, yeah they, they flipped the coin on that one. And I know that they came back and said, well, you know, we got all that stuff out of the way. 
so that then we could focus on the video game stuff. But by then, like, I think they had already sort of made their bed, and a lot of people were like... They are, they're already on the defensive. Right? Yeah, they yeah, like... and then they kind of stayed on the defensive for a while because that first week, you know, there was a lot of things we heard about uh, um, always online and how the console yeah. had to constantly yeah. connect to the internet once every 24 so hours. After their initial unveiling, oh, yeah. there was a lot of confusion about that. On June 6th, what, two weeks later, they confirmed that it, you have to check in online once a day. Yeah, in order they released to keep this playing. gigantic yeah, labyrinthine really, FAQ it was that really like confusing. was even. It was supposed to be like, all right, this is where we're going to clear everything up, but it was like even more confusing. Yep. And then executives were saying different things to different media outlets, like they didn't have their ducks in a row yet. You can only lend your game once to people who've been on your friends list for 30 days, yep. like things like that. There was the uh, the no backwards compatibility thing, and the quote that uh, if you know. Backwards compatibility, that's really backwards. It's just like, well, now it's actually convenient and wonderful for people. Yeah, so you don't have all these machines sitting around. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised by it. I remember, you know, I look at it always as like the, just a really straightforward analogy of tennis. Mm. With Sony in February, it was like, all right, we're going to start the game. We're going to serve, right? Mm. <laughs> and so they served the ball, right? And it's a good serve. It's a really good serve. It was yeah. a surprisingly good serve. And they were waiting, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and so Microsoft's like, all right, we're going to hit the ball back now. And then like, they hit the ball back, and it was just this little limp thing that barely <laughs> went over the net. And Sony was like, like sitting there with their arms out or whatever. Then at E3, they just yeah. destroyed the ball. Yeah. It's like, it was just so, I didn't expect that. I remember going into it, you know, being, you know, I cover PlayStation for IGN primarily. So I, I was at the PS4 event. I was totally shocked by it that they didn't screw anything up because of years <laughs> of covering this company. And they just, <laughs> PlayStation Move and all this. It's just like, oh, all right, guys. Um, <laughs> Just a stellar performance, right, at the, at the thing. And then I'm like, well, it's not going to last. Microsoft's going to do their thing, and, and it's going to be a real competition. And I was really expecting something more from them. And um, I, I implore people to actually go on YouTube, look for videogamer.com's Xbox One, Xbox One announcement uh, video. They did this for PlayStation 4, too, where they just re-edit it into, like, three minutes. And it's so funny. And all they say is Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Sports TV, Sports, mm. Sports TV, Call of Duty for, like, three minutes. And it's, like, mm-hmm. so funny. And that really does... It's it's it, it does encapsulate what that was all about. I remember being there afterwards, being like that was that was awful, yeah. and and uh, and 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 like Justin was saying, everything afterwards was just even weirder. I remember reading that FAQ he brought up, and I was like, what? Yeah, is it, going. I remember that they're like, you know, <laughs> can you go through this, find out what's news, all this stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what any of this means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so, really confusing. Yeah, yeah they're, they're backtracking. I think I said this on GameScoop once, but it's sort of like you're 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 dating a completely insane girl. And she just says crazy so stuff to you all the time. Yeah, right. so a girl. And you break up with her, but then she calls you back, and she's like, "Hey, I uh, I worked on a whole bunch of uh, issues, and you know, I'm ready to date again." You're well, like, so I don't that- know. <laughs> <laughs> like that came later. At, yeah. At, as as late as E3 2013, they were doubling down. Like, yeah. All their executive well, yeah, were so. like, "No, here's why this is a great idea." At their conference, they actually had a pretty good conference. Yeah. Uh, Xbox, yeah. Xbox did. It was great. They announced the price was five hundred dollars, and I was a little like, Ooh, mm. well, We'll see what the PS4 price is because Sony went later in the day and they just like yeah. they just beat the crap out of Xbox. Yeah, and as far as I understand, with the Sony sides. conference, everyone everyone thinks that Sony changed the price or changed their messaging. Like, I'm like, no, they, they didn't change anything. Like, they, that was the price point, and that was like what they were going to do with PlayStation. Well, you don't just change things like that. That the consequence of making your console four hundred dollars has huge ramifications for your company. You can't just make that decision in two hours. Mm-hmm. Sony just, knew, I think, knew. I predicted it was going to be four hundred dollars, and I was like, "This is the, this is a good place to be." Microsoft just made it easier, and they made it easier because they insisted on putting Kinect into this box and making it more expensive. They just didn't do that from the beginning, and made it four hundred dollars. It would have been a more competitive landscape, you yeah. know. Now they've done that now, but you know, first impressions are really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 day, by the way, was probably my favorite day ever working yep, in the video too. game industry. That was a crazy, crazy those, day. Those two back-to-back press conferences. This, like, you know, uh, I've, yeah. I've described it as it's like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania Wait, or something. You forget it, they weren't even back-to-back. In between those, we got like uh, Mirror's Edge, Edge 2, 2 announced, oh, yeah. and Star Wars Battlefront, and right. the Division was revealed. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Ubisoft had more. Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed 4. We saw the yeah. ship-to-ship battle for the first time, that was or whatever awesome, their awesome AC4 day. demo was. It was a crazy day. The next day, when asked how gamers without internet access will be able to play the new Xbox One, Don Matrick answered, fortunately, we have a product for people who weren't able to get some form of connectivity. It's called Xbox 360. Oh, what a mistake. I do feel a little bit bad. Like, so, no, don't say that. It's a mistake, Matrick. You shouldn't have said that. But it yeah. reminds me of, like, political season where you take some politician and they make an unfortunate statement and then it just gets hammered and hammered and hammered and it's yeah. like, oh, poor guy. Yeah, like, sure. But still, their, yeah. their tone was, was kind of yep. dismissive for sure. Even almost mocking to to their fans who were 
mm-hmm. or disappointed. It's bravado, man. It's the same bravado Sony showed after PlayStation when PlayStation 3 was announced. It's the same it's the same thing. Sony said things like you would get a second job to buy a PS3. They yeah. said that, that they could sell 10 million PS3s without a without game. A game. <laughs> I mean, that was like the kind of stuff they really said, you know, like that it's the third console curse. When you have a really big success, like I mean, PS2 is a much bigger success than Xbox 360 was, but you know, PS2 is a bigger success than any home console ever, and nothing's ever going to be that big ever again. Mostly because it was a DVD player at the right time. But when you have a console that big as Xbox 360, you just have expectations that everything's going to fall over to your Xbox One, and people are going to come over, and they're going to play with their friends. And that didn't happen. Like mm-hmm. it actually didn't happen in a surprising way. I expected that there wasn't going to be much change, that people who played on Xbox were going to play on Xbox, people who played on PlayStation were going to play on PlayStation. You see a lot of people defecting from Xbox and going to PlayStation because PS4 is what they look at as a, as a better product. And, mm. and uh, they just didn't expect that Sony was going to have their ducks in a row. Granted, why would you expect that when PS3 was such a, was such a struggle for such, such a long time? But they totally underestimated their competition, and, and it, they got their face slapped. But, you know, it was... It it was um, and, Sony's conference at E3 wasn't even that good until the end. Like, they, they, it's not like they had a, a slew of games or anything like that. It was yeah, just like, still done. yeah, you know. And they, yeah, exactly. Still, Xbox One's upcoming lineup of announced games is better than PlayStation 4s for sure. Mm. Um, it's just you just like I said, you, they just this limp little shot over the net, and Sony was just yeah. like, I'm going to destroy this ball. Like, it, it's not going to take that much effort, you know. Yeah. I, I looked up the actual timeline. It was 13 days after E3. We're not. We're getting there. Okay, okay, we're getting okay, there. Okay. We're getting there. I just can't believe. Just like a, E3 is your big chance I to know. get in front of everybody, and they have their they have their message. They say, "Here's why an always online console is the future. Here's why our console is a vision of the future." And like, I, I know. Two days later, on June 13th, mm. we got news that PS4 pre-orders were outpacing Xbox One. Yeah. And then on June 19th, so nine days after E3. Yeah. Microsoft reversed all their deer and reversed online, everything online yeah. plans for the Xbox One, and that's the beginning. That of, was also one of IGN's biggest articles of the year. It was absolutely massive. Xbox One does not require online. Yeah, so that was the start of the trouble that Microsoft is still having all the way to this day. We just had a game scoop about removing the Connect, where now they're doing things that are good news. Mm-hmm. Good news for gamers. Gamers are happy. They're listening to gamers, but now they're seen as they can't win no matter what they do because they're backpedaling on what they said. They it's said, the it's the crazy chick. Yeah, <laughs> like. She's. I went through therapy. Yeah. I fixed everything. You're like I don't know. Like so, used to so now they really are damned if they do, damned if they don't. Yeah. Like it should be good news that they that the console doesn't require a 24 hour online check in. It should be good news that you can get one without connect. But it is seen as you know undoing a year's worth of messaging on their yeah. part. Um, I mean, and you know, and in, in the end. Uh, I love the console. It's got a great interface. It's got an awesome controller. It's got a yeah, ton of really good ideas put into it. It's just got this sort of like this cloudy stigma around it yeah. of, you know, like when's the other shoe going to drop? Where you're sort of like, you know, I when that news was announced last week about the Connect, like I got up to my television, I opened up my entertainment center, and I ripped the Connect out of the system, and I put it in a drawer. Because I don't need that there anymore. Because I know a system update's going to come where I'll never have to deal with it again. Yep. And it won't say in the corner, uh, your Kinect is unplugged the entire time while I'm doing anything. Uh, on July 1st, Don Matrick announced his departure from Microsoft. <sighs> and this is certainly associated with that, right? I mean, yeah. like, this is what we were talking about with our, on our game scoop about Nintendo, about how the CEO has to take the fall for bad, yeah. bad ideas. He was there the entire time. The Xbox One was in development for years. Much like Awada with Wii U, but, you know, Matrick, whether the board pushed him out or whether he just left on his own, was clear. Mm-hmm. Be, it was clearly because of the blunderous rollout of Xbox One and the blunderous idea behind some of the things that they were doing with Xbox One. Now, I will say, to Justin's point, like it, it, was, it was unfortunate that they can't do anything right now, right? But there's a disingenuousness to what they're doing, too, because they rolled this out and said, like, we have to be online because of X, Y, and Z. You have to be online. And yeah. you have to have Connect because of X, Y, and Z. Well, no, that's not true because the console isn't online, and now you can take Connect off of it. Right. So, like, all of your messaging was... was I hate to put it this way, it's a lie. Like, you're well, lying they, to the consumer. They did have a day one software update that stripped out the need to be online. Like, that did come, like, it was obviously something that was baked into the, the, into the, into the actual OS that they then took out later. Yeah. See, and what, what became really difficult with this, and obviously, you know, last year was, was, in, in, was tremendous for, for new console owners. Most people, uh, they just want to buy one. And yep. when you t- put, took these two systems, you put them next to each other in a simple chart, and you said, this costs this, this costs this, yep. this does this, this does this, this has this extra thing and charges you this, this, and this. Even, even things like you know, uh, you know, Netflix and stuff being behind a paywall. Sure. Um, that's not bias. That's just basic Those are facts. consumer facts. And you look at that and you go, all right, well, I have to make a decision here. I do think price plays a bigger part of it. Like we're in the business of like really analyzing deeply. Like I don't think the average person is considering DRM that much. You know, I think GameScoop watchers and listeners probably sure. are. 
I think I do think that price played a big part. Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens this fall. Um, the big irony about all this is I actually think Microsoft's vision for the Xbox was pretty cool. Um, well, that's, can, we, can we hold on to that? Because yeah. we're going to get to that. that I'll, we have I'll a, stick it in my back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Put a pin in it. On September 4th, the release date was announced, and then the following day, the first TV ads showed up, and they focused on entertainment features instead of games. Then on November 22nd, Xbox One was released. Sold a million units in one day, but that was in 13 countries as opposed to PS4, which also sold a million in just North America. North America, yeah. yeah. Well, just Canada and the US, I think. Yeah. On December 11th, we got an update that 2 million units have been sold, and January 6th, by January 6th, 3 million units have been sold. There was another update where they told us how many units have been shipped, right? But I think, I don't think since January they've updated us on units sold, have they? No, not sold, yeah. There's, I think 5 million shipped was the last number. Now, th- this, is, this is important context, though, because a lot of people are losing, are losing sight of something very important. PlayStation 4's success so far is actually historic, and it's outpacing every other console that's ever been released, including the Wii, which everyone was very surprised about. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to last, right? Like, eventually PS4 is going to dip back down, the lines are going to cross, because it, there, there's, no, there's no more scarcity of the product, and there's really no games right now, so this is eventually going to change. But, but at right now, PS4 looks like, a, like it's meteoric, right? Like it's really just going up. But, but Xbox One's success at only 5 million ships, so assume they sold 4 million of them, that actually also puts it, I think, right behind Wii in terms of units sold yeah. at that time. So it's mm-hmm. the third best-selling console so far of all time. It's ahead time. of the 360. It's outpacing yeah. the 360. Yeah, by significant amounts. By, I think 50%, both yeah. of them are outpacing PS3, not surprisingly, and Xbox 360 by over 50% at this point in time. So both consoles are wildly successful. And that, and that's good news for everybody. It's oh, it's, news it's great news because I, I think, especially going into this generation, we had a lot of doubts about a lot of this stuff. And we thought maybe so many people had crossed over the threshold to iOS games and maybe that Blue Ocean thing was still a big thing. And I think Microsoft was betting a lot on some of that being a thing where they go, well, you know, uh, you'll be able to say the name of a movie you want to watch and it'll show up on your television. You're like, cool, what am I playing? On your system, sure. and they're like, "Well, we'll talk about that." Um, yeah, and I think they made that bet. And yeah, Sony, on the other hand, was sort of like, "Yeah, there's some voice stuff, and then there's Netflix and all that." But here's all these games we're making, and here's well, like, all these games we're partnering. That with. Blue Ocean stuff is how you sell like the final 20 million consoles, yeah. not the first 20 million. Totally, yeah, really well put. Mm. And then on May 13th, they announced they will be unbundling Connect from Xbox One beginning on June 9th, which is the first day of the E3 press conferences, the day of Microsoft's conference. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, was when they really, like I wrote an editorial that did really well on our site and it was, was passed around a lot about how now Microsoft isn't just reversing their policies, they're actually just taking everything out of Sony's playbook, and it's, and it's obvious. you know. And I don't blame them, and I made the argument in the piece, even though a lot of people got mad because they didn't read it, that this is actually a good thing, and Microsoft has done this before, and that's why they thrive. And I talk about the relationship between Xerox, Apple, and Microsoft in the early 80s and how they were all stealing from each other, and well, really just stealing from Xerox. And that that allowed them to thrive because they understood that they didn't have the best product or the best idea. They could just do something with it and make it better. Um, and that's what they did with Windows. So them saying, all right, we're going to remove Connect. Well, that's, some, that's a decision Sony made before PS4 came out. The camera was supposed to be bundled with PS4, the PlayStation camera. And they decided that they didn't want to do it because it was going to be too expensive. So they already made that decision. With PlayStation Plus and, and the free games, they were like, well, the games are on Vita, PS3, and PS4, not just PS3. And then mm-hmm. Microsoft was like, well, we're going to do that too now. The game, free games are on Xbox One with games with, with gold or whatever. Yeah. And then with the, pay, the, the confusing and confounding paywall between your consumer, who's already paying you $50 or $60 a, a year to use Xbox Live, and then having to pay and have that to use Netflix, which you're already paying for, mm-hmm. well, that's something Sony's been doing for years. So they were just being like, you're right, you're right. You know, like that was like what I kind of heard from them at, at that point, was just like, you know what, you're right. And we, but there's precedent, precedence for this. We've done this before, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that they made the right decision. I just think it was kind of blatant. Sure. I've always wondered, people seem to get upset about the Netflix and certain things being behind Xbox Live Gold, but I don't know who has an Xbox without Xbox Live Gold. It's always struck me as kind of strange. Like, that's just kind of the cost of having one of these consoles. Well, it is, but uh, as someone who recently renewed both, uh, you know, PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold, I, when I renewed Xbox Live Gold, it felt like something I had to do. Mm, sure. Whereas on PlayStation Plus, it felt like something I wanted to do. Okay. Because I was like, there's all this That's value that comes with this. But on Xbox Live Gold, I'm like, I feel like I just fed $60 to my machine to keep it alive. Yeah, for like feeding year. the meter. Yeah, that's, sure, all, I get that's that. all it felt like. And it was sort of like, well, if I want to use Netflix on this thing, now I can. If I want to use this and that, now I can. Now knowing that I just paid that, but I kind of didn't need to unless I just want to play games online, which yeah. I'm personally not too big on. The- 
Yeah. Now my added value comes from their games with gold thing, and I want to see what that brings. Because now if I get to play a new game every single month, like I can on PlayStation Plus, then it makes sense for me. But right now, or you know, for the years before that, it was a waste. Yeah, the PlayStation Plus is just such a ridiculously awesome yeah. deal. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Uh, we talked last week about removing Connect from Xbox One, and we, we seemed positive on it. We seemed to think it was a good move. But not everybody is that thrilled about it. One of our viewers, Sean McHugh, says, I was saddened last week to hear all of you excited about a Kinectless Xbox One. It seems Xbox's problems have nothing to do with their system, including Kinect. When looking at the bigger picture of it all, and not chasing short-term games, as they, gains, as they seem to be doing here, Microsoft had a bigger plan in mind beyond gaming to make the Xbox One the center of your living room, which is what you were alluding to earlier. Sure. The Kinect with its voice and, I like this, Jester controls. He <laughs> he actually is. He wrote typed Jester controls. I think we've got a good uh, rendition of the <laughs> of what Jester controls would be. Uh, That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> <laughs> he says the you know connect in a, in a sense would have been a one up or at least a differentiating factor amongst the living room entertainment rivals like Apple TV and Google Chromecast. How cool is it to turn on with your voice? and then swipe through menus with a, without a controller. Now it's just a PS4, right? With a handheld controller with lots of buttons, and will only appeal to the hardcore gamers. Yeah, totally, it totally is. Um, yeah. I have a lot of, I actually have some regret when it comes to uh, my experience with the Xbox One in that regard, because I did plug my cable into it, and I did uh, set it up to use motion controls, and I did teach my fiance, uh, you know, if you yell this at the television, it'll play this, and you, <laughs> yeah. can, you can say bravo, and you can watch The Real Housewives and all this garbage. And after a few days, I was like, this mostly doesn't work. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And I unplugged it. And now I'm pretty much out $100, because that's this vision they had that I don't feel like they, they delivered at launch when I was there. And then a few months later, they're like, that, you're right, that's not the future anymore. Take it out, you're fine. The problem is something needs to work 100% of the time. 99% yeah. of the time is not enough. That's a button why, press works 100% yeah, of the time. Right. Yeah. That's why people yeah. aren't that wild about Siri. That's why people aren't that wild about touchscreen controls yeah. on games. Like, sure. There's totally games on phones that play just fine, but if you miss that button one time, like, ah, oh, like... The second time that happens, you're probably done forever. Yeah. And the second yeah. time you shout Bravo and it doesn't take you there, you're back to using yeah. the remote. And then you just, I, I got up and I unwired everything and plugged my cable box back into my television and left it the way it was. And I'm like, well, nice try. Like you had this weekend to grab me. And then a month later, they're like, you know, uh, well, we updated it and it works. We try it, it again. Works with like, Australian no, accents. Uh, yeah, now I'm not and... trying it again. Like you had that. And a few months later, like, you never have to do that again. Don't worry. And that's kind of where we are. And I do, I do sort of agree with him that I, I was excited for the uh, differentiation in, in, in consoles. I don't want it to be a repeat of last generation where I just have two next-gen consoles and I'm bouncing from one to the other just based on the games they have. Like, I do want new experiences. That's what I hoped for this generation. I thought Kinect would bring them. And um, it's not going to because now it's going to be a, a very marginalized option for most game developers. Sure. They had very, very, very different visions for what next gen should look like. Yeah. And then yeah. Microsoft was sort of forced to roll theirs back and now they are, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's yeah. basically down to the software, the yeah. game software at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it, is a, it is a PS4 now, I guess, in a way. The games are the differentiator, right? And to me, it's funny that he thinks the future was, or at least the future that Xbox One thought was going to be was based on Kinect because I actually think that Microsoft was probably way ahead of their time in terms of always online DRM, in, yeah. in terms of sharing your games sure. in a digital-only revolution, I think that you know, they were just a little too far ahead of their time. This is a reality that PC gamers already deal with, and we said this before Xbox One even came out. This is not going to be a big deal in a few years, because guess what? You're not going to go into stores and buy games in a few years. Like, that's, just, sure. that's just not going to happen. You know? and, and so you're not going to be able to share your games, and you're not going to be able to do all these things and buy used games, and that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I just think it reminds me a lot of Nokia and Engage. Like when 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 Engage came out, everyone everyone laughed at Nokia. Look at dumb Nokia. Look at this stupid piece of shit. Who wants to have a who wants to have a phone where they play games on? They were just too <laughs> far ahead of their time. Yeah. You know. And then Apple saw the idea and did something with it and made it better and made it cleaner and put that Apple Touch on it. And now everyone plays games on their phones. It's just a matter of of that kind of perspective in terms of time. You know, like in you, a just, few, you, you never have to hold your iPhone against your head like a taco. Yeah, exactly. Side talk. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to side talk. And I also, oh, I'm sorry, good. Yeah, you know, that's I just completely agree. And I regret a little bit. I'm sure I don't remember exactly what I said on GameScoop, but I'm sure you can look up clips of me sort of talking about Xbox DRM and not sort of liking it. But when I went back and looked before this GameScoop and read their policies, I've kind of come around on it a little bit. Like they had really cool ideas about family sharing and you know selling back digital games and 
loaning digital games to people. And uh, if you had a physical copy of the game and installed it, you never needed that physical copy again. And then you could go take it. Like if you signed it at your friend's house, you'd have access to your whole profile. And mm -hmm. all that stuff was super slick. And they're kind of like, they sort of took it away from people. They say, okay, yeah. if you don't want this, that's fine. And, I, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm... I'm not completely flip-flopped, but I've definitely moved back to center on that issue compared to where, how I would have been, you know, last year when we were first hearing sure. about all this. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, like I've always, I've always, I'm not, I was never against what Xbox One was doing in that regard. It was just, I, I understood what they were doing, and I was just like, nope, not yet. Like you, you gotta, you can turn this on later, you can try this later. Like you're just a little too far ahead of your time. Console <laughs> gamers are not comfortable with what you're doing yet. PC gamers have been comfortable with it for a long time. Yep. What you're basically doing is making Steam, yeah, and that is awesome. But just give it a little bit of time, you know. The the, the you know. But they were smart to un remove Connect because Connect isn't the future. Connect is a gimmick, and you know what I was so surprised about. Other other outlets were writing about it very cleverly. Was like they didn't even tell anyone that they were going to do that with Connect. Oh yeah. Like they threw like some developers straight under the bus that yep. were working on Connect games <laughs> because guess what? Connect is now PlayStation Move. Like you know yeah, the, yeah. the game. If you do not put it in the box, no one's going to want it. Sorry, no one's going to buy Connect. Yeah. You know, and maybe they'll buy it like they buy PlayStation cameras to use, you know, use it for streaming and stuff like that. But, you know, now these guys, like, yeah, Harmonix was making their game or whatever, and they're like, we didn't even, like, they were basically like, great. It's, it's, their, you know? it's, their, uh, it's their Wii U gamepad, where you can start up the console without ever touching it, and then get right into Mario Kart and start playing it with a pro controller, never even thinking about this extra thing that's right here. Because if they themselves don't feel competent enough to, uh, to support it with new ideas, then why the hell would anyone else? Yeah. So you kind of like, yeah, you reach this tough position. And like I said, that kind of bums me out because I wanted something new. I wanted something different. I do now I have another PS4. I, my suspicion is that over the years we're going to see exactly what Colin's saying. I think we're going to see some of this stuff reintroduced. You're yeah. going to see family sharing come back. You're going to see some of that digital, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's going to manifest itself in the exact same mm -hmm. way. But I think that stuff that Microsoft said is gone. I suspect it's not gone. I suspect it's 12, 24 months away. You know, yeah. you'll start to see this stuff piecemeal get added back in in future Xbox One updates. You, you got to massage it, right? Like, that, that was the big blunder with how they introduced Xbox. To me, was they had these ideas that were good, and I think people, they could have made people, it's optics, right? It's like politics, like, yeah. like Justin was saying before. It's all optics. It's about how you, like, put it out there and pitch, pitch it to people. And if you were to just convince them that this is actually worthwhile to them, then they would believe because maybe it is worthwhile to them. Maybe they'll think about it. Maybe it will give them pause. They just had nothing to say. You know, it was just like, this is the way it is. And isn't that great? You know, as opposed to being yeah. like, this is the way it is. And here's how it's going to help you. We promise you that this experience is going to be different. Like, you have to be genuine. You know, and that's what I was saying. Like, everything has been disingenuous. Everything, everything, there's no, there's no, you know, genuineness to it at all. Like, well, we, just, what we need is, we need those, those, like, announcements that are like, hey, there are 75 third parties working on Connect integrated games right now. And you're like, okay, I'm on board. I can't wait to see what's next. What we had instead was we had games like The Fighter Within. Which I think we gave yeah. a two out of ten. It's it got our, I mean, one of our I, worst reviewed scores. My there. my living room is 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 perfectly. It's like a, to a T what uh what you would see in a Connect commercial, right? It's sparse, it's white. It's, it's minimalist. <laughs> it's white. There's an interracial family living yeah. in it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I live. I, you know, my that's, TV that's is you though, right? It's that's just not me. some other. That's just me. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, I sit within the perfect viewing distance of my television. It's like the, the the whatever six and a half to eight feet or whatever it is. And Connect did not work for me when it came to gaming stuff. Like I tried playing the Connect Sports Rivals demo where you're on. It's just ridiculous. You're on a on a jet ski. So I sat on the end of my couch and I'm like this, and it was like, sorry, we can't read you. And it kept backing out to the menu. And I went back in. And I'm like, and I did it five times. And it was like, nope. And I was like, All right. <laughs> forget this. And at no point, I mean, has anyone in this room had a legitimately enjoyable Connect integrated experience playing an Xbox One game? I mean, I have, and I haven't had a good ex like my Xbox. When we first got Xbox One in my house, it was like you know at launch, Greg and I would sit on the couch and be like, Xbox on. You know, and it would work, and it was like, this is kind of cool, yeah, you yeah. know? And then after a while, it's like, it just doesn't work, and it just doesn't listen to you. You're screaming at it. Greg gets <laughs> yeah. so mad, because I'm like, God damn it, Xbox! <laughs> you know, and like, it just, like, I'm like, I'm like, I've been begging him for months. I'm like, can we just disconnect it from the TV? Why does it need to be connected to the cable box? It doesn't add anything I, to the experience, you I, know? Like, I, we already have a DVR. One morning, you know? my, my fiance, I, I, my, I, uh, I woke up before my fiance, and she walked in, and she was like, who have you been yelling at all morning? <laughs> and I'm like, this fucking Xbox. I'm just yelling at it all day. It won't listen to me. And she was like, just turn the thing on. Yeah. With the, and she picked up the controller, and she doesn't even play video games. She picks up the controller, hits the button, and it starts the movie. And I'm like, <sighs> it's time. That's, but that's not <laughs> yeah, the that's, future. Yeah. 
Yeah. The future is controllers. That's what people want to play with. And I, that was obvious over and over again. Like, did you see want... the movie Her? No. There's I, a motion control game that he plays, in, and he, he, he controls his character like this. Oh, oh yeah. That sounds yeah. great. <laughs> that really sounds awesome. <laughs> There's a great scene. There's actually a lot of really, really cool futuristic video games. You should actually that see that movie. It's really, yeah. really good. We, uh, Colin's totally right that it's optics. You know, if you were to, if you were to like, tick box off things about Steam, it's like you can't trade in your games. You can't share your games with your friends. You can't do this. Like it would sound like this terrible but people service. Love Steam. Yeah, but yeah. it's not. It's this fantastic service because it's easy and convenient. And I say, I think I want to play this, and I click the button and buy it, and it installs and plays within you know thirty minutes. It's fantastic, you know. And that's what Xbox was going for, but they kind of just fucked it up. I still like my Xbox One actually, but it it does just feel it's another game box now. It doesn't feel as unique. The future of Xbox One, by the way, is is just it's good. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I think it's good. Like I, they have good games coming out. Yep. And it's not that Sony doesn't have games coming out; it's just that we don't know what the hell they are yet. So yeah. you know, other than Uncharted and The Order and Drive Club, that's it. that's literally it. And far as far as AAA first party games, but yeah. I'm I think Quantum Break looks you know and sounds awesome. I've played Sunset Overdrive extensively. That game is really good. Like, you know, Halo's coming out and all these, like, yeah. so things are looking good, but I think Love. that they made these moves because they're a yeah. scared of the numbers game. The, the, the fact is the disparity between PS4 and Xbox One is growing in terms of numbers, and again, it's the optics game. If you, if you think your console's losing, you're not going to buy, like, you, you want to be where everyone, you think everyone is, and so they had a, they had a you know, reverse course. Yeah, once those boulders start rolling down the hill, like, you know right away, like, whether you're in trouble or not, and you have to adjust. Yep. Like, yep. They, didn't, they didn't really have a choice. All right, uh, Colin, you wrote an editorial about Far Cry 4 yes. yesterday. Far Cry 4 was announced last week, I think? Yes. Officially. Yeah. Um, yeah, it leaked a while ago, but yeah, I think. Yeah. I think that game sounds really cool. Oh, me too. I'm totally going to play that game. I love Far Cry 3. Oh, what a, Far Cry 3 was a fantastic game. Really, yep. really, I really, really love that game. Really yeah. great game. Uh, but some people were upset. There's a weird uh, game scoop, like superimposed over there. Anyway, uh, people are sort of upset about this artwork. This is the, this is the box art for the game. Right? Yep, apparently. Apparently they might have edited it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we can't see this this right here that's a little cut off is the part that people had a problem with. He's yeah. holding his hand on uh, an ethnic go. individual's head, and he's holding the grenade pin on his finger. The uh, subject has to hold this grenade or else it'll blow up, apparently. Yes. Uh, so, obvious racial overtones. Sure, uh, the white guy subjecting yeah. the brown person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I mean, that was the whole idea. The thing yeah. is that the guy's not white, and... Um, I think, like, I, I, my, it, they insinuate, I think he's, he's Asian of some sort, right? He probably, you yeah. know. Well, like, Himalayan? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 who knows, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but, the, but they said it themselves, like, he's not white, and he's, for some, somehow, people, some people thought that that was the guy you're going to play as. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I have you, no idea how you saw that. That is clearly <laughs> the villain of the game. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I wrote an op-ed just asking, you know, okay, this, this, this image is problematic to some people. It's fine. I accept that. It's not problematic to me, but it is, and people see things in this, and, there, and there's some things that people read in between the lines. My whole argument was, you know, okay, like, what if he's a racist? Like, isn't that what you want? Out of your, like, what, it, it, like, he's disrespecting this dude. He's clearly, he's got a smirk on his face. He's got, you know, he doesn't give a shit, obviously. Yeah. He looks and like that's an asshole. Like, yeah, exactly, and that and is so the antagonist. So now you're going to hunt him down and kill him. Exactly. Right? Like, that's yeah. what, to me, like, that's what that evoked in me when I saw it was, like, uh, you know, like I said in the piece, first thing I was like, I can't wait to play this game because that just brought me back to Far Cry Theory, and I adored it. And then I was like, this guy is clearly a complete menace, you know. And, yeah. and, and like I already and I and I saw it. And I'm like, I can't wait. I want to chase this guy around. It's like Boss in Far Cry Three. Yeah. It's it's the, you know the box art is similar to Far Cry Three's yeah, box totally. art that had the the villain on the box looking like a complete insane person. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So. So that's what your op-ed was about, was about this guy is the game's villain and that you want your villain to be villainous and be you know, racist or want him to be whatever that makes you hate him. Like, right. that's, that's good writing, in theory. Sure. Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, like, my whole thing was we, we don't have context, right? We don't know yeah, exactly. who this guy is. Like, everyone's assuming, like, look how juvenile it is. Why can't it be better written and stuff? It's like, how, do you po- how can you possibly know that, you know? Like, how can you possibly know from this image that this isn't going to be well written, that it won't be nuanced or anything. Like, we don't even know if he's really racist or not. Like, we don't know anything sure. about it. We're just reading into things into this one image, and I just don't think we should jump the gun. You know, I don't think that, and I also don't think that if all of these things are true, and that he is, you know, a racist, narcissistic, just doesn't care about anyone in that region, he's using them for money or power or whatever, 
okay, it's a piece of fiction, and I don't think anything's off limits. I mean, so what do you think, if, if someone is, if this makes them uncomfortable, they don't like it, I mean, what's your response to them? May, play a match three puzzle game, and stop telling us that video games need to mature, and need to become more like movies and books, because if you want them to do that, they're going to start tackling mature themes. And if you're not on board for that, leave. Like, that's, that's where we are. What if this guy's the, the main character? What if you play as a racist, and halfway through he's like, holy shit, I'm horrible, and it's a redemption story. That's great. Like Jason Brody. Sure, like, that's great. Like, why not that? Like, why are we so afraid of having, like, we just look at one picture, and we, like, I, that, at no point did I see that picture and go, this is racist. It took other people to tell that to me, for me to start seeing it from their perspective, in which I was like, you're being crazy, and if he is, so what? Yeah, what, I mean, if on the box art he's cutting off another guy's head and it's a different race, you're like, holy shit, he's crazy. Well, yeah, I can't wait to fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it, it, it adds it adds a reason to go through the campaign and chase him, right? And then, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be the, the motivation doesn't have to be racism or any of these bad things. It's just like maybe you just want to play the game because you like open world games. So I mean, maybe that, that's totally fine. To me, it's just like this seems somewhat realistic. Like racism exists, right? Yeah. Racism is. Uh, like, you know, an epidemic in, in many places in the world, including parts of the United States. Sure. And, you know, we want our fiction to deal with these things. At least I do. I like stories, you know, and I like unique and dark and deep stories. And I don't need things to be vanilla and sanitized. I don't want them to be like that. And, like, so Justin was asking, like, what, what do I do? It's like, I say, I'm sorry that yeah. you feel that way. There are a million other games for you to play. You know, if you want to critique it and say something about it, that's of course you're right and you're allowed to do that. But to me, there's just never a solution. You know, the, the solution always is insinuated as, should this exist? That is always the insinuation behind the argument. And people act like, you know, so a lot of people act like, well, that's not the insinuation. Sure it is. What, otherwise, what is this, academic? We're just going to talk about it and pretend like we're having a discourse? And yeah, but I don't know. I, see, I, that's where I don't think I'm with you is, uh, you know, whether someone's offended. or So it used to be things would come out, and they would come out, and that was it. And then the next step was things would drop, and then people would say, this offends me. I'm upset by, the, I'm upset by this. Now we've come full circle where the people that are upset or offended get shouted down often. And that's what I want to make sure, like... I don't care. Like, if someone's offended by something that I'm not, like, that's fine for me. Like, I don't have a problem with whether if someone says, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. The cover of this box looks racist, and I don't know how I feel about that. I'm uncomfortable with it. You know, Ubisoft, I want you to make a statement about this. Like, I think I'm fine with that. Well, my like, response to people like that is, if you think this is a, a problem, the world is going to destroy you. <laughs> because this is nothing compared to what's out there. Yeah, and but if I think this starts to become a reflection of what's out there, then isn't that what we want from art? Like, isn't that what we want from games? To I'm not saying it shouldn't exist, and I think if someone's saying that your art can't exist or isn't valid, then that's where I guess I think I have a problem. Sure. But if someone just wants to ha have their voice, have a voice, have an opinion on something, I don't want them to be shouted down. Like, of course. Well, well, that wasn't the idea of the piece at all, and I don't think sure. the piece did that at all. I don't think but so basically, either. But basically, what I was trying to say was, um, let's use some context, right? This is offensive, yeah. but maybe it's supposed to be offensive. Maybe it's supposed to unsettle you. Maybe it's sure. not just, it's not, maybe it is for shock value. It's a piece of marketing. It's a, bo it's a piece of box art. It's supposed to make you want to take it off the shelf and put it in your system. But maybe it's just supposed to evoke like, wow, this, this makes me angry. Like this, you know, the, the example I used in, um, in my piece just very briefly, and an example I use a lot is Spec Ops The Line. Like I love, love, love that game. And you play as a bonafide psychopath yep. in that game. Yep. It makes you commit literal war crimes. Spoilers. Like. Like, oh yeah, sorry, I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't <laughs> so, like, like it, it's a little vague, but yeah, they, like, you don't like your character. The more the game goes on, the more sure. you hate the only, and the person you're playing, but the only way to, to keep going is to keep doing that shit. And I was like, this is an unsettling and brilliant game. And that's what I liked about it, was that I was playing as a bad person. You know, so, and in this, you're not even playing as a bad person. You're going after. <laughs> I just think it's a little bit of a straw man to say that anyone that criticizes this or says they're unsettled by it or or, or any of those things is the insinuation is that they don't want it to exist. So what? But what would be? I'm not saying everyone that says that. I'm saying sure. that that is an insinuation that does exist for sure. But what? That's what I'm saying. Is it just? Are we just having an academic argument about? Well, this is offensive, and then we just leave it there. Yeah. Because otherwise, what is the solution? Because I, a lot of people get upset about this in the echo chamber on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the comments or you know our readership you know overwhelmingly positive about what I wrote. Yeah. Really, only in this small echo chamber on Twitter do you really hear a lot of you know back and forth about how bad the piece is or how bad the art is and how bad my article was. And that's fine. But like, what is the solution? Yeah. Like, that's what I want to know. Fair enough. I mean, I guess I'm not even necessarily on their side, because um, I'm not even necessarily, I'm not on their side. Um, but, but it becomes noise if it's just, 
I don't like something. Well, do you think it should not exist? No, it's fine for it to exist. And I'm like, well, then what do you, what's the purpose of your criticism? That's but exactly I, right. but yeah. I, th- I still think it's kind of okay. Like, I guess I just don't care. Like, everyone, that's what everyone does all day long. Like, that's what life is, is like everyone's... People complaining and bitching? Yeah, but like everyone has their stance on things, right? <laughs> like, Colin doesn't like that the other people don't like this, and they don't like this, and everyone's just like, everyone's making their stuff, and then some people like it, and some people don't, and there's always two sides to everything, and I just, it all is just kind of a wash. Like, I don't know. It's um, just a lot of angry people. So, uh, it makes me think really of wash. Like it forces, like Ubisoft ends up ha- having to make a statement, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, right. and, and that's unfortunate because to me, art shouldn't be and doesn't have to be sensitive, right? It's not, like, not everything is for everyone, right? Like I always talk about, you know, there are things that offend me deeply, like, right? Like everyone assumes that the, the white male privilege means that you can't be offended by anything or you have no ex- like, real world experience. I mean, that's kind of like the insinuation with a lot of these things. And there are certain things that really offend and bother me to where I'll turn it, turn this, you know, uh, you know, like my father's New York City firefighter, retired now, or whatever. 9-11 is r- really tough for me. Like, that's a tough thing. When I see that kind of imagery, you know, on 10th anniversary back in 2001, I, I, I shut that stuff off. I don't want to watch it. It hurts me. But I'm not, like, I'm not going to be like, man, this is, the, ti- the timing on this is really bad and really insensitive. How are you going to do this to the people who actually lost people that day and all that? It's like, you know, it's just me. Sure. You know, and like, and maybe people that feel like me, and that's okay. But what I'm if not, people feel like you did say that? So what? Like, that's what they feel. I just, I just don't feel like I need to project. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I accept and understand why people might find an image like this offensive. I think that. So can then they can vocalize. So wait, what, what if, no, no problem about that. I have what no problem if this, with that at all. What, what if this was a white man beheading another white man, surrounded by the bodies of tens of thousands of other white men? Then it's fine. Then it's okay. <laughs> Like, that's, that's fucking stupid. Like, I, we need to reach a point where just simply changing the perspective on narrative yeah. uh, allows us to tell new stories. And I want to embrace that. I don't want to just hide from things and, like, literally whitewash things just because it'll make people feel safer. I'm going to say people, people, people can vocalize safe. whatever they want to vocalize, and I don't think that they need to be, it's not, the only reason you're saying this is because you're trying to shut this down or you want it to change or be sanitized or you just want it to be Well, a, I have a feeling, puzzle. like, in a few months, this cover will look different because someone got through. Just like when Resident Evil, uh, what, 5 was like, oh, there's a lot, they, you kill a lot of black people in Africa in that game, and it was like, well, yeah, there's a... A lot of black people in Africa. <laughs> it was the same thing with Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Like, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just an, like, that kind of stuff, just complete rampant oversensitivity. Right. Like, that, you, that stuff's if, just ridiculous. If you look at Resident Evil 5, you look at the bad guys in that game. When they first showed the trailer, it was like a five black guys that you fought. And then when you play the game, it's like a guy that looks like Eminem and a guy that looks like Saddam Hussein and then like three of their white-ish <laughs> friends. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And I know it doesn't make sense because the game's full of zombies and monsters and stuff like that. But still, like... That they got that game changed. People were angry about it. This something similar could happen with this game. Yeah, and, and, and that's all I'm saying is that like I I I, I understand what you're saying, Justin. I I don't uh, have any problem with you know we have freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and I don't want people to feel like they can't say what they need to say and say their piece. My whole thing is, are you lacking context for mm-hmm. what you're saying? Sure. And what are your insinuations when you say it? And not only not only the insinuations about reading between the lines about you know if you support something like this you are this if you don't support something like this you are this. What does it say when you think a piece of the, uh, uh, like this is racist? Does that mean the artist is racist? Does that mean the people who marketed the game are racist? Does that mean the people who enjoy it are racist? Like th- these are the kinds of things I don't believe in the scorched earth mentality on the internet, the scorched earth you know activism on the internet. Sure. I do not believe in it uh, because it, it it's thoughtless. It leaves people in its wake, just rampantly and, 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 and flagrantly leave people in your wake that you, 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 can, you can ruin someone's reputation, sure. you know, like by saying sure. things like that. Maybe he just made it because he thought it was pretty cool. When I saw that and when most people what, saw it, they were like, that's pretty cool. Is this racist because it's fictitious and someone had to invent the racism? Because, like, I mean, we all saw Django Unchained, right? Sure. And we loved it. And Leonardo DiCaprio's character in that movie is diabolically racist and horrible, but he's a thrill to watch sure. because he's delivering this perspective that's just awful and you love to hate him. Um, why can't a game do that? You know, like, why can't we get to the point where a game can do it? I, th- I think it's because they invented a scenario here. And you can get mad at that. But if it was based on the true history, then you'd be like, well, that's sort of what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's, exa- it's exactly what we were talking about World War II shooters. It's like, that was real. That really happened. The Nazis actually were evil. And yeah. they were the biggest racists in the history of mankind to the tune of killing millions of people just because of who they were. Um, that's real. That really happened. Now, like, if we want to talk about, you know, fictitious kind of, you know, uses of racism, I agree with you. Like, there's, there's plenty of uses, some clever, some not clever, some well-written, some not well-written in film and literature. I want gaming to be taken seriously yep. as a narrative 
storytelling tool. That's exactly what I'm saying. And it cannot be taken seriously as a narrative storytelling tool if we just hold it to a standard that nothing else is held to. Because then people will be like, why can't they be more clever about the way they use races? Well, how the hell do you know this game's not gonna be clever about racism based on that image? You know, you don't know that. And even if it wasn't, maybe the story's still gonna be interesting and riveting, you know? So do you I think, know. I actually did love Far Cry 3, it was one of my favorite games. Um, I don't know from a writing perspective that it's capable of doing that, if it's the same creative team. Like, it's, it, <laughs> that game was many things, well, it was not especially that's, subtle. That's the I mean. No, but I, yeah, I, I mean, that's, yeah, but come on. Look, look, I mean, real talk. If we're talking about moving video games forward as an art form, like from a gameplay perspective, it's going to be awesome. Well, then but, IGN's like, not capable of having this discussion because we gave God Hand a bad score a few years ago. Like, no, you but that's can't another strong man, right? That. Like, that's projecting onto. Like, I think we're projecting by saying that because you you didn't feel the writing in the last game was up to snuff, that they're incapable of handling a story of that magnitude with this game. Like, that's not. Fair. I don't know that this is going to be the game that pushes that sort of but even, forward, yeah. even if it is a fantastic. I don't game. think it's one like, game that does it. I think it's like. Those, those coin machines where you drop a quarter in and there's like 60 But it's also not, what I'm not comfortable with. drops every few hours. What like. I'm not comfortable with is, uh, and I'm stuck in this awkward spot where I'm arguing for a side that I don't necessarily agree sure. with. Um, but, uh, you know, if you are critical of something, that, that means that you don't think it should exist. You can be critical of something and still be fine with it existing and saying, man, like... Sure, but when you listen to a lot of the, the complainers and the haters yeah. online, they pretty much sound like... So, Nothing that they disagree with should ever exist. Yes. With, I, mean, with, with, I don't feel that way with things I disagree with, I guess. Well, I don't, no, no, you don't. Because, and, and I'm sure that there are people person. out there, there are, I'm sure there are people out there that are totally reasonable that feel the same way you do. I'm just talking about the insinuation. The, the, with political correctness, uh-huh. which a lot of people don't like that term, but it is what it is, with that comes the insinuation and, and certainly the motive to change things, sure. right? Like, that is what that yeah, means. Yeah, wrote, Vince wrote a good op-ed about that Exa- on IGN. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, like, to me... You know, it's okay to argue about things that you don't like and don't want. I mean, that's that's the nature of, of what we do and, and, and the nature of criticism. What I want to make sure is that we don't have that scorched earth policy of leaving things in our wake and not thinking things all the way through. Sure. That we don't insinuate things that need to be changed, which is the insinuation with a lot of this kind of stuff, and I don't yeah. agree with that. That art is not there to please everyone. That if you don't like this game or a game X or game Y or game Z, we'll go play game A or game B or game C. Maybe I won't like game C. Maybe you will. Maybe we'll find it offensive for different reasons. That's the nature of art. And that the, the narrative power of, of games is strong and stronger than it, than it is in film and literature because you're playing it. And, mm-hmm. and that not, you know, if we accept a Steven Seagal action movie, right? Maybe it's not the greatest thing. It's fun which, to watch. Which one? Under Siege. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll accept that. Under Siege, is not, Under Siege is not a well-written movie, right? But it's really interesting. And, like, I love that movie. Like, it's fun to watch, right? Sure. Well, why, like, that doesn't deal with, like, anything seriously or well. But it, it exists and yeah. it serves its purpose. Far Cry 4 doesn't have to sell, it has, doesn't have to tell this amazing nuanced story. Not every game is going to be The Last of Us. Not every game is going to yeah. be Spec Ops. For all of those artistic masterpieces of storytelling, pieces of storytelling, there are going to be the the summer action movie version yeah. of, of the movie of the game, and that's okay. Sure. Like like sensitivity, you know, to, to these problems is is necessary, but it doesn't mean it has to change anything. Yeah, and that's kind of where I stand. So I, I, I actually agree with that. Um, I do agree with that. Like, that's where you run into trouble is where things do get changed because of some perceived, uh, you know, they feel pressure to change their art. Like, art doesn't need to be explained or justified. Make whatever you want. Like, you can write whatever short story you want to want, make whatever game you mm-hmm. want to want. But by that same token, like, if someone says, I'm uncomfortable with this, like, I'm not comfortable with anyone like that being shouted down or saying... No I'm mad at you. Yeah, but no, that's not true because you're saying you're only saying that because you want to pressure them to change their art. And I don't think that that's necessary. I want to add this real quick. If you took a hundred of the people that were offended by that cover and you put them in a room with a hundred other people and you said somewhere in this room is a Himalayan, point him out. <laughs> How many of those people do you think could actually do that? I don't know. My guess is zero. I don't know. Either. I don't think that would just be blind luck from there. Yeah. So who's the racist? <laughs> I like it. Drops the mic. <laughs> but but in, on a serious note, like I'm glad that people read the piece. The piece did really well, and we had a lot of positive feedback, and an incredible amount of positive feedback on Twitter, and I'm really honored and, and thankful about that. I'm sorry that I couldn't answer everyone. I tried. Um, and I respect that there's a, that, you know, a lot of people that you know, didn't like it. A lot of them didn't confront me directly, but you know, people that didn't, that didn't like it, and I appreciate that too. I think that the discourse is really important. Um, but I also think that we just need to kind of let go. And like to me, you know, let the let the market decide like what it wants vote, out of its art. Vote with your wallet. Exactly. Yeah. If you know, a lot of people thought Far Cry Three was racist, actually. Yeah. Um, and the market didn't agree. You know. So like, 
you know, like, let's put some ideas out there. Maybe Far Cry 4 is racist. Maybe that's one of the ideas. Let's see if, if the market agrees with that. Um, I think Far Cry 3 actually was, was a, a satire in many ways. And uh, Yeah, um, speaking of which, you want to speak with your wallets, stop buying Mario games. <laughs> I'm a fat Italian from the East Coast, mm. and the only person that I can culturally identify with in a video game is a guy that, like, eats mushrooms and pasta and swims in toilets and goes, wahoo, mamma mia. <laughs> when is like, he pasta? He has it. It's like in the comic books. It's in the fan fiction. Yeah. It's cake. He has a lot of cake, yeah, too, yeah, or yeah. tries to. So, like, to me, I, res I, res I, I totally agree with what Justin's saying. No one should be shouted down. That's not what I ever try to do. What I try to do is to say, maybe we're missing the context. Maybe, you know, maybe this exists not for you. Maybe this exists sure. for someone else. Sure. It, it becomes right. just kind of noisy, right? Like, people like things or don't like things. And then, yeah, that's what it boils down to for me. I just kind of ignore all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm too riveted by the uh, the, yeah. the arguments and the conversation to ignore it. Yeah, me too. I don't. I don't. I mean, no offense, but I don't think ignoring all of it solves anything or progresses the conversation. Or I mean, it makes kind. me think about. Uh, so, if you're walking up a really, really busy street, and like, don't make eye contact with someone. Just follow your path. Otherwise, you're going to collide with somebody. Right? Like, that's the advice they give you on subway platforms and stuff. Like, you know, follow. Like, you walk that way, and they're going to walk this way, and you won't. A million people don't run into each other. They just pass by each other. Like. That's how I kind of feel about like opinions on subjects. I'm like, yeah, I don't find this racist. I'm fine that you find it racist. Like, nah. and then I just my my response to most things is just kind of shrug. Like, whatever. Yeah. If I wish more people had that, took your approach, then there wouldn't be as much. It's part of what I like about San Francisco. It's like everyone's kind of left alone. Like, yeah, I think you're you're a weird man on the bus. You're a super weirdo, but whatever. Like that means I'm gonna leave you alone, and that means you leave me alone, and everybody yeah. just gets left. San Francisco. Alone. I, I feel like that same mentality problems, like, is when like if. That weird guy gets hit by a bus. Everyone's like, "Oh, not me!" Well, sure, it, does, it doesn't always manifest itself <laughs> in the, the best ways. That's very fair. Real, sure. real, real quick, Damon, before you wrap up, how do you, what, what is your what are your feelings on? The, I mean, you kind of cut in a few times, but what are your what are your feelings? I, on? I, my I, my feeling is that it depresses me every day that I can wake up and go on Twitter and be like. Okay, what are people complaining about today? What are people bitching about today? What are people offended by today? And it's something new every single day. Yeah, I, get, I just yeah. just mind your own business. Vote with your wallet. That's I, how I, I feel challenge about. you on that though, because the stuff that's making them mad, they're making you mad, and you're upset about them. Like, so how is it any different? Like, everyone has. Well, their I'm not, but I'm not. You challenge him, which is which Look, is threatening. I'm not so. like. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I get it. I think this, like we always say, this is people having problems in lieu. Of having real problems. Oh, like that's are, that's for are, sure. That's, 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 making, that's for sure. Like if 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 it was all if somebody was like, oh shit, we're being attacked. It's red dawn out there. I'd be like, I don't give a fuck who he's beheading. I'm not there to survive. Okay, we got to move on here. How much time do you have, Justin? You have uh, about ten minutes. Okay. You mentioned Wolfenstein earlier. Let's talk about Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein, yeah. Wolfenstein. Uh, this is the part on GameScoop when we talk about the games we're gaming. And I've been gaming Wolfenstein. You reviewed it. Yes. Brian played it. Yeah. Justin hasn't played I'm, it. I'm in, uh, not yet. I, I like it. To. I like it. Colin likes it too. He gave it a 7.8. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, but you weren't that super crazy about it. Yeah, I want to keep playing it. I've only I've played like the first half hour of it. So uh, I usually, uh, and I'm in that I'm in this position of, of where I can actually say this now. Uh, I, I can stop playing a game after a half hour, mostly, and decide whether or not I want to keep going or stop. Mm -hmm. And I do that because I work at IGN, there's games floating around, I have that option. When I was a kid, I would get a bad game and be like, well, well this is the game for the summer, <laughs> this is the I'm game stuck I'm with playing. it. Um, then I came into work and I read all the reviews and I talked to Colin and some other people who are playing it, and they're like, it's really good, but the beginning sucks, just move past that. And I was like, okay, cool. I like the beginning. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just you're thrown into a war zone right away. I feel like you're you're trapped in an airplane and you're trying to crawl out. Well, that's like five minutes, right? No, I mean it's it's pretty long. I mean, it, like the way I put it was, you know, I talk to people is they put you in a turret twice before they ever put a gun in your hands. Yeah. It takes it takes like twenty or twenty five minutes to actually get a gun. Yeah, okay. you know, yeah. and like it feels really claustrophobic and unnecessary, especially with there's a lot of dialogue and back you know back and forth that people are talking on radio. So you're just like kind of standing there and you're like. You're very it's not like you're like looking. Is this door gonna open? Is this thing gonna light up so I can hit it? Like you don't even know what the hell you're doing, you know? And I'm like, yeah. When I first started playing, I'm like, oh god. You know, like I was like, oh man, well, this it, is gonna be. It bad. reminded me of uh, of uh, Call of Juarez did the same thing where they start you off in a locked church. Yeah. And you're like, where? I get me out of here. Like, yeah. how do? I, and you're they're like, read the thing and check in the drawer. And I'm like, it's, I want to get out of here. I want to go see the world. Uh, this game does that with an airplane, and you know, obviously it opens up after that. But I, I just felt like 
it felt, like you said, very claustrophobic. It's very uh, gritty. Everything's got this wet metal kind of look to it, um, which is obviously what next-gen games look like now. But maybe I just wasn't in the mood for this. Um, I, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest fan of like very uh, violent, military-driven first-person shooters. I think the alternate history stuff's sort of fascinating. I do like that angle. That's uh, you know, especially I can see why somebody like you, Colin, would latch onto that. But uh, you know, like I'll, within a few minutes, you're you're fighting like these Nazi robot dogs, and I was like, maybe I'm not in the mood for this. Yeah. I think this is one of those I games. Think I'm just I just happen to be in yeah. the mood for it. I think the shooting mechanics work really well. I haven't played a shooter in a while. I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone. Yep. Uh, so I was just feeling like I'd, I'd rather like. Get into some violence yeah, and actually yeah. shoot some stuff, and it, it's just it's satisfying that. Sure, for me yeah, right totally. Now. I totally see that. I feel the same. That's how I felt about Mario Golf, and I'm still playing Mario Golf. Was uh, that was the really right violent, game so. for the right time? Yeah. Of like, I'm not even necessarily a gigantic. I don't buy or play sports games, but like, man, I just it just felt like that's what I was in the mood for. Yeah. I, like, I think I think timing's a, a, a excruciatingly beneficial for a title yeah. like this right now too, because I think this is one of those games that if you put out in November, oh, it gets it gets buried, right? Like there's an av- even even around like you know Titanfall. Like yeah, even, yeah, totally. I mean, there's an avalanche of uh, similarly themed games um, that happen. It's like clockwork every year. There's like, well, the first yeah. person shooters are dropping now and now and now. Um, and this is this game's obviously benefiting from sort of having this open space to swim around in this uh, the next gen. Area where there aren't a ton of brand new first person yeah. shooters right now. So, yeah, people are digging the game, and I was surprised. I looked at the numbers for the review, the game did over 500,000 uniques in less than two days. So, that there was a, a, a surprising amount of interest in, um, in the game, and, and, and that was cool because I, I think the game's really good, and I think people are really gonna enjoy it. I especially like the story because I'm a big Wolfenstein fan. Wolfenstein's always been about the occult and always been about just, you know, a, a bro dude kind of doing his thing, but. You know, this game's a little more serious and a little more somber. Um, and I like the alternate history yeah. loop. You know, I was talking about it on Podcast Beyond a little bit, just that it's not that the, the, the Nazis were ever going to be able to make gigantic robots and, do, and, and put plate armor on their dogs. No, and, we don't, we don't and, know that. <laughs> well, what, what I was saying, was, what I was, saying like, was the Nazis actually really did try to do a lot of crazy shit, and a lot of sure. people didn't, don't really know about that. They were doing um, crazy human experimentation with people. Um, to, you know, they were removing people's bones and, and implanting them on other people and, and their nerves and stuff like that. They used to have, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit, I think they called it uh, Wonderwaffe, which was the, the wonder weapon. They, they were trying to make super weapons. Mm-hmm. One of them was called the sun gun. They wanted to make, like, like orbital guns. And, like, these were real things that, like, they wanted to do. And if you gave the, if they won the war and you gave them 20 years, what kind of crazy shit would have they have tried to do? And that, that is basically what this game is the product of. And I think that that's cool. Is it over the top? Is it outrageous? Yeah, but... The Nazis really were obsessed with the occult. The Nazis really were obsessed with pseudoscience. Yeah. The Nazis really were obsessed with with archaeology and proving the Aryan race's superiority. These were things that they were really interested in. The SS was running around the world trying to dig up artifacts to prove that the Aryan race was ancient. I mean, that was that's real. That really happened. So, like, that touches on all those kinds of little things. And I also like that Wolfenstein deals with real things that the Nazis did. You go to a death camp in the game. You, uh, you know, you deal with firsthand, and it's vital to the story, how, how the Nazis dealt with the mentally handicapped mm-hmm. and the mentally disabled. That is, they used to kill them, you know, and that's in the game everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, so they deal with, like, these real things. And I also like B.J. Blasowitz is not just being a bro dude, but, like, he has a, a love interest, and he's a human character, and he's well-written, and the cutscenes are really good. There's a lot of really little nice touches in the cutscenes that I really like, too. Um, that I think advanced the storytelling um, as well. Isn't it crazy how long you have to go before the title sequence? Yeah, I like the it. title. It's like it's, it's well over you, an hour. Yeah, until you go to 1960, you <laughs> yeah. don't actually see it. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played the game yet, but what makes me want to, it's actually one that I want to check out, is the uh, you know that it doesn't have multiplayer, that it is just a big, long, lengthy single-player campaign. Um, you know, I like single-player adventure games where you go on an action adventure. Yeah. You know, it has its sort of story highs and lows. But you can only kind of get that in third person, you know, Uncharted, Dishonored. I guess that's not third person, but you don't get it. You can't have that in a shooter package often. You know, sure. there's Metro, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not that it doesn't exist, but that does appeal to me. And I'm glad that there's people out there that are making shooters that don't necessarily have to be tuned for multiplayer. Oh, like yeah. that Twitch yeah, that's one of my favorite, th- like Half Life. You know, that's yeah. one of my favorite series. Yeah, Half Life 2, man. Mm-hmm. So good. I've also been playing a little bit of this. Transistor. Inspired by the 311 album from 1997. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the soundtrack is all 311. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it's good to see it's like, I'm excited just to finally see uh, 311 get their own video game, too. So. Oh, yeah, me too, me too. It, was, it took a long time. Surely they've been in, like, rock band and stuff, right? They were, they were, they were in rock, they were in Guitar Hero, I think, and yeah. uh, they're in, in that Rocksmith game, or whatever it's called. Anyway, uh, Transistor is really good, you know, obviously. I was uh, surprised. I guess I, I didn't... 
you know, when I am, when I'm excited about a game, I know I'm going to play it. I don't follow previews that closely because yeah, you know, like it's like whatever. I know I'm going to play it. So I didn't realize there was this turn-based combat in yeah. it, and it's really cool. Actually, it's like crazy real-time turn-based hybrid. Yeah, uh, I like it a lot. Anyone yeah. else has started playing this yet? Yeah, I played it a little bit. It's it's very uh, very stylish. It's mm-hmm. very emotional. It's very somber. Uh, yeah. Mood-wise, it's very similar to Bastion. Mm-hmm. Reminds me a lot of Bastion. Yeah, I think I think that you know I was surprised when I read Marty's review. He gave it a nine. That it's only six hours long. Um, which is a little disappointing to me because I like lengthier games that I can really just you know sink my teeth into. But mm-hmm. apparently, there's plenty of replay value. Um, I played it just a little bit, so I haven't you know I had to play Wolfenstein. But th- that's going to be uh, this long weekend that's coming up. Yeah, that's uh, my plan that's, for this weekend that, that's, too. I'm gonna Marty did say something uh, interesting in terms of that in his review, where he said it's one of those games where uh, he finished it and he immediately wanted to get back into the, into the new game plus. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And I love like Resident Evil Four is one of my, one of my favorite games of all time because of that. Where every time I finish it, I have to start it over immediately because things carry over and you have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love games like that. So six hours is a that's a sweet spot for me, especially if I'm going to play it twice. You and I were talking about that, Brian. I don't know if it was in a Let's Play or what. That I wish when you beat a game, it just gave you the keys to the yeah, game. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, get whatever guns you want, do whatever mm-hmm. you want with the enemy. Go check Goldeneye. out any Goldeneye is the want. best example yeah. of that. Like, yeah, Goldeneye did that so well, yeah. like what decades ago, and yeah. it was like you finish it, now you can go back and play that level over on any difficulty. And well, blah, I want to replay specific Zelda dungeons. <clears throat> yeah, I want to like, do it with cheat codes on, and yeah. you know, you know what I was thinking about yesterday. Do you remember that Activision made another Goldeneye like yeah. in 2010? Yeah. 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 Like nobody cares about. It. No. Yeah, we were um, we were uh, the the stories broke this week about uh, the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection yeah. finally shutting down, yeah. and they wrote the list of games that were affected, and one of them was Goldeneye for the Wii. And I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot about that. That yeah, that they, game came back. Yeah. They made it, then they put it on the HD twins because no one bought it on Wii. Yeah. That Goldeneye is a game. If you didn't own an N64 at the time. And didn't play it at the time. You're never gonna yeah. understand it. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, because there are games like that all over the place. But Goldeneye really was. That's the zeitgeist. You know, like that was that was such a special game to play with your friends at the at the at the yeah. at the end of the couch multiplayer era. Mm-hmm. Um, Playing it in 12 frames per second most of the time. Oh yeah, yeah. it was so good. You didn't even care. You didn't notice. I, we've had such good discussions this week. Yeah, we've, we've, we've run out of time. Uh, anything else anybody's playing that you want to mention before we bounce? More Hearthstone. Yeah. It's more, part of my life now. So you're going to be playing Hearthstone. More Mario Kart for me. Oh, Mario Kart 8, just, I, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's really, really it's good. It's awesome. It's, yeah, it's incredibly beautiful, too. I'm going to jump into Soul Sacrifice Delta this weekend and uh, Monster Mon Piece, which is a, a Vita card game with super you're inappropriate be... art. Yeah, rubbing, rubbing the rubbing, rubbing the cards. The, rubbing the monster girls. It's gonna be a little awkward. It's gonna be a little awkward. We sure. gotta do a video review for that one. Oh yeah, of you, oh, okay. lots of footage yeah, of you yeah, doing your me, rubbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, no doubt. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Colin. Thanks everybody, everybody for tuning in. Have a great holiday weekend. My name yeah. is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. Justin made another Gamescoop without having a baby. Yeah, it's. So I don't know. This almost certainly has to be the last one. Please, for my wife's sure. sake, it has to be the last one. <laughs> Get it out. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Work, I get into my car Drive it out to Arlington Don't even think about it anymore Sit in traffic with the other jerks Take exit 44 Drive a half mile underground And then I go to war Got hired on the dark But grant a month on fellowship That was 1999 Now I run the
the Palestine Hotel Got some fiber and an N15 And I started raining hell Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.